Oh my god, what am I going to do? Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. 399. That's right. This is Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 399. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football tonight. Why? Because that's what we do. Never said that's what we do best, but that's what we do. We like to talk football. Are we good at it? I don't know. I don't care. I just talk football. No, there's all opinions, man. Opinions are never wrong. Well, sometimes they're just stupid. But anyhow, so this is what we're doing. I got little grandkids running around in here right now. Okay, so um, what are we going to do? We're going to talk some football tonight. And so what's happening? It's a weird week of football. There's all sorts of weird things happening in our football league. And that's a good thing. We got players suspended, players fined. Uh, bitching and whining from Bomber. Oh, that's nothing new. That's normal. Uh, either they're winning and they're bitching and whining or they're losing and they're bitching and whining. But, you know, that's just a bomber thing. I, you know, I honestly believe that they have taken over from the Ryder fans to be the most hated fan group. This year, Ryder fans are, are disliked because they're fucking everywhere. It doesn't matter what stadium you're in, they're packed with green because the people never live in Saskatchewan because it's like, nope, nobody wants to live in Saskatchewan. So they move all over Canada and they show up at football games and they still support their team from 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 the motherland, right? And I, why? I don't know. I mean, shit, four Grey Cups in 108 years. I mean, personally, I would support somebody that wins. Um, you know, Cleveland Brown fans are only Cleveland Brown fans when they're in Cleveland. You know, once the hell they're out of town, they go they go cheer for some other team that actually wins. Uh, so, but then Bombers fans, they haven't won in 30 years. And, and honestly, the way that they're being arrogant, their arrogance this year, I hope they don't win it for another 30 years. It fucking deserves some right. They're, they're cocky son of a bitches. And it just, yeah, there's no need for it. No, there's no need for it. Okay, you know, Calgary Stampeder fans, with the exception of one or two, you know, they're in the middle of a just shy of a dynasty here. Uh, they, they, they are the most dominant force in the last decade. And for the most part, Stampeder fans are pretty cool about it. Okay, they're not in your face. Okay, and, you know, Montreal fans were never in your face. Edmonton fans, well, that was a whole other ball game back in the what, 70s or 80s or you know, pre-whatever. Uh, anyhow, yeah, they were kind of in, uh, obnoxious in your face, but Ryder fans, um, they're they're just annoying, okay? They're just annoying. They're not arrogant. They they got nothing to be arrogant about. All they do is – the only thing that that team is really successful at is selling T-shirts, okay? They, they are without question. They sell more T-shirts than all the rest of the league combined, I'm sure, and that's because I guess they're cheap because other – you know – most Ryder fans, that's all they wear. I actually was talking to somebody, 70% of their wardrobe came from the Ryder store. 70%. 
you look in my closet and I like I've got BC Lions jerseys like stacks of them, but it's like a little itty bitty percent of my my gear. Okay, I mean I got 150 T-shirts. I might have eight or nine BC Lion T-shirts, but you know it's a small percentage. Yeah, no, no, not going on. I think I have more Elton John and Eagles T-shirts than I do BC Lions, but that's another story altogether. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk some football. We're going to bring in some people. Um, we're yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not just open up the phone boards and bring in some people? And uh, my good friend Will McDonald, he he has something that he wants to share with you guys, and it's his excitement over the CFL because this is the most magical league out there. Uh, Will, welcome to the show, buddy. And what have you got to say tonight? Well, I've already told you guys this, so it's anticlimactic, but I'll tell everybody out there. Okay, so... You wanted to save it for the show. Here it goes. I know, but I told you guys, but I'll say it anyways for the show. Oh, my here goes. Lord. So, you wrecked a great so, intro. I just want you to know that, okay? That I was know, a fabulous sorry. intro, so, and you blew it. So, Vernon Adams throws an interception. Adam Big Hill tries to block him. Vernon Adams pulls Adam Big Hill down, rips his helmet off, and tries to swing it at him. Vernon Adams gets suspended for a game. He also wins player of the week. And the head official said, head official, the head of all the officials said he should have been ejected. He didn't get ejected, and they cued the comeback, and they won the game. And if Vernon Adams hadn't got ejected, they wouldn't have come back. You can only do that in the CFL. Sorry. You can't write that stuff. It's impossible. That's why I love the CFL. I'm I'm pretty sure officials screw up really badly in in pretty much every league. But, um, yeah, yeah. this this actually, that one single moment in time changed the outcome of that football game. And let let me say something else a little further. After watching that game the other night, I'm going to go out there and say this, and you guys will probably agree with me. Everybody says the scariest team out there right now is Calgary. Uh-uh. Scariest team in the CFL right now is Montreal. But the Montreal, Lions play Montreal today, and we're favorites. How's that possible? Montreal Montreal could go all the way with badge. Okay? Uh, they, all the they, way. They probably will. They, they could. Uh, yeah. I, Hamilton, I think they're going to be in the great cup. a pretty good team. Hamilton's a pretty good team. You can't you can't yeah, count Hamilton out. Okay, but like and a lot of people did once um once um Mazzoli. Oh god. Mazzoli went down with his injury. A lot of people thought that was it for them. Yep, but that's a well coached team too and they got a great defense. No kidding. But Montreal, there's something about Montreal, man. I've heard a whole bunch of interviews this week from Montreal guys. This is a scary team. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, I would rather you know, I would rather yeah, I'm gonna put this out there. I would rather see Hamilton in the Grey Cup against Calgary than Montreal. Oh, what are you doing, Will? Are you assuming Calgary's gonna be in the Grey Cup? Yes, I am. Okay. So I'm looking at Montreal's schedule for the rest of the season because we're in week 16 and there's only week 21, so it's only like five weeks. It's not a big deal. Montreal plays BC this week coming up that we're about to talk about later on. And uh, 
BC becomes a favorite on this one only because Vernon Adams will be serving a one-game suspension because he tried to cold cock Adam Big Hill with a helmet. Adam Big Hill's helmet. You gotta smack somebody in the head with a helmet. You might as well, in the head. You might as well use their own helmet. Okay, so <laughs> I'm liking this one. Okay, the next week is the deciding game. Okay, this is the one that Will's going to check out. Calgary is in Montreal. Now, Calgary historically does not do well in Montreal. Three time zones away, two time zones away, whatever it is. Uh, Too much partying. I don't know what it is, but uh, Calgary historically doesn't do well in Montreal. That's going to be a big decider for you, eh? Is that the one that's going to say whether or not? No, no, it's not. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Tell you what's going to happen. Okay. You guys... You guys don't realize this, but right now, 70% of Calgary's team has changed from last year. Yeah, 70%. we know that. Okay, 70%. So they don't have any history in Montreal, and they're going to go into Montreal, and I guarantee you they don't forget what Montreal did, the, did to them in Calgary. They came back. With two minutes left, scored 18 points or some crazy thing like that. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good game. Oh wait a minute, the thing one the thing Calgary didn't have when they came back on Calgary was a guy by the name of Bo Levi Mitchell. So I don't even think that game's gonna be close. Just okay. And then the week after that, Montreal's in Winnipeg. Yeah. I mean, they got to be playing the top teams in the league, man, and then man. and then they played. Toronto and Hamilton. There's so many good games coming up. It's scary. I know. It's amazing. CFL is an awesome league. Awesome league. It really It's the best football league in the world. I'm sorry. Hands down. I I, I really would like a 10th team, but that's beside the point. I just don't want it in Halifax. Don't bring up the 10th team again, please. Yeah. Not in Halifax. Not in Halifax. Not in Halifax. Come on. No. Oh, we got a no, whole no. segment on it later. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Well, we could. We could. We may. We should okay. put a team in. We should put a team in Brooks if we're going to put one in Halifax. Okay. In where? We got a big backyard. We could put a team back there. There you go. We get more fan support, Charles. Don't you have neighbors looking over the fence and don't everything? You, don't Don't yeah, you have lots of acres, Christopher? You could put a team back there. All right, without question, I could. Without question. Well, there you go. Yeah. Not hard to do. I got lot. I can even make flat land. Uh huh. Well, we're and, gonna. And I'm gonna build the- an oval track anyhow, so we could put the football stadium in the middle of the in in the middle of the oval track. And then the horses can go. run around at the same time. They're not that fat white fat bitch on Calgary. Anyhow, uh, um, okay. Did I say that out loud? Filter. Where's that filter? The horse is skinny, and the rider is skinny now too. Okay. Okay. Well, whatever. It was. It was disgusting. It was a poor horse when that fat bitch on that. I felt really bad for him. Okay. Um. Charles, that was you, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. What was I me? Your voice. I don't know. You were talking. Yes, Hello. I was. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here on this Wednesday night. Good. Yep, we're all here. Mark's not old. with us tonight because today. what? Mark's not here today because he nope. he needs he needs some sleep. But 
he doesn't think I need any fucking sleep because he like, kept me awake all night with his blabbering. So, but he needs his beauty sleep, but you know, inconsiderate about other people. Anyhow, so you're feeling old today. Is it because you're getting yes. old or is it this because your youngin is now getting old? Well, I'm now the parent of a teenager, so that makes you feel old when that happens. It, it, it's or really it old when you're grandparent old. Yeah. of a teenager. Okay. Yeah, I'm away from that still. Okay, so yeah, don't don't, don't feel so bad. Actually, my yeah. my grandkids are the oldest one's just gonna be five soon, so I, I'm always away from it too. You got away from that too, so yeah, yeah. You you couldn't have a grandson that's five though. No, no, no. I could not. Your son's not. There'd, I don't think there'd he be could a problem if that were the case. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, you could. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say something about a video, but I I, I won't. That would that that was just bad. I, Probably the video joke thing. I sent you there, Will. Wasn't that pretty funny? <laughs> yeah, it was too funny. Oh, come I on. couldn't it was say little, anything because no, little, I've been told not. I've been told not to put anything in writing when I really have bad thoughts. Okay, so <laughs> I don't. So I don't. Okay. I, I, that's something I've learned new in the last two years. If you really yeah. want to say something, don't write it down. Okay. Don't write it down. Just, don't write it down. Just say yeah. it so that you can deny it later. Yeah, and and don't say it when you're being recorded like right now. That is correct. Yeah, okay. I'm not that so You're, you're not going to make any comments about this then. Speaking of five-year-old grandchildren, yes, I, I wandered around a corn maze with my five-year-old grandson last night. I saw Saturday. that in your caprice. Yeah, right. In my and your, your buddy said you look like an ogre. I was going to comment on that. <laughs> That's not my buddy. That was my brother, Christopher. Oh. Okay, that was my brother. Okay, um, and, and who happens you, to live, just, in, Abbot, you do kind of who happens like to live in who happens to live in Abbotsford? Um, That's right. And he's just and he's just jealous because I have hair, and he does not. Um, okay. But I didn't think I was still up for. I I wandered around the corn maze for three and a half hours with my sixty-seven pound grandson on my shoulders. Okay. And You're I that lost, pretty, eh? I, I did it pretty easily. Oh yeah, we had no we had no idea where we were going. So there's my my sixty seven pound grandson on my shoulders, my stepson and his six and a half month pregnant wife, okay? And we had no chance, okay? No chance whatsoever. But we and had what? a good time. At finding the five hole punches in the maze. Because this thing was oh. massive. Okay. You know how you find you know how you find your way around a maze? Oh. Turn left. Yeah, well we did that a lot. Every and then if we you ended don't up turn in the right. back place. If if you yeah, turn right well. you get lost. Okay? If every yeah. if you go every junction you're at you turn left, you will find your way out. And I also was able to educate my son. I don't know don't Remember, if you saw the picture I put on our little chat room of the pig. Did you see that pig? And I said, bacon. Okay, okay. this pig was huge. This pig was huge. And my grandson thought he was cute and went to pet him. And it's like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. He'll bite Don't your do that. hand off. 
You'll bite yeah. your hand off. Yeah. So. Yeah. Vicious animals. But they're so. Yes, very vicious. I, I like them. I, I think pigs are cool animals, but yeah, they they, they don't like to be pet petted. Don't. They're don't nasty. Them. They'll eat anything. Yeah. So, anyways, let's talk about football. Or is Phil out there somewhere? Phil, I haven't got to Phil yet. yet. You 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 came back and started babbling when I was in after introducing Charles. I, I had to go to Phil, and you wanted to talk about a corn maze. But that's okay because it's sort of like football. No, it's not. Um, At least you got out. Yeah, he was outside. That was cool. Yeah. Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Real good. Good evening, gentlemen. You don't have to sit in the background tonight. until you get introduced. Eh? You're allowed to pipe in anytime you want to say something and interrupt somebody because it, it, it's, well, it's kind of what we I do. I love sitting in the back of the room and listening in. Right. I loved your intro tonight, Christopher. Uh, you're at least 67% correct on your opinion of CFL fans in those three cities, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and, and Calgary. You know, Bomber fans, they've always been kind of ridiculous, which, especially in their own stadium. And, and nowadays online too, but uh, uh, you're right about Stamps fans. They're they're the epitome of Canadian politeness. It's just their quarterback that's so fucking arrogant. Otherwise, it's kind of enjoyable to go to a Stamps game. But uh, we're going to talk some football tonight. Excited about it. This is one exciting week, and excited to be back on the show. Okay. Well, we're back. We're doing it. We're going to talk football. And the first game out there is the Hamilton Tiger Cats are playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Winnipeg. And hopefully uh, Adam Big Hill doesn't jump on top of quarterbacks again in this game. Um, like he did in that last game and got pissed off Vernon Adams. Okay. Uh, anyhow, did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. Good. Okay. Um, what do you think of this game? Oh, who's going first? Charles always goes first because he's first on my column here. So, Charles, we've got Hamilton and Winnipeg. Who are you picking on this one? Uh, this is an interesting one. It's in Winnipeg, and uh, as we were talking about right before the show, is that, or uh, maybe that was during the show. No, it was before the show. When Hamilton lost Jeremiah Mazzoli, a lot of people thought that was it for them, that they were basically finished. Um, but their defense has really stepped it up, and let's face it, Dane Evans has come in and he's impressed. Uh, not a lot of people knew a lot about Dane Evans uh, when he came uh, into the uh, CFL, but um, you know he's making a believer. A lot of young quarterbacks have done that. When you look at guys like, uh, well, of course we had Arbuckle in in Calgary, Fajardo in Saskatchewan, and even. Strevler in Winnipeg, even though he's been around. Speaking of Strevler, he's been pretty impressive as well since Matt Nichols went down, both through the air and using his legs. One of my big concerns with Strevler, though, is I believe the last two games, he has led the Bombers in rushing. That's not a good thing as far as I'm concerned because I don't not think... Not his uh, job. When you, when you've got a quarterback, especially when it's the second string, I don't think you want him running all that much. He's got to be the guy that throws the ball. Sure, he's going to take off now and then, but they've got one of, if not the best running back in the CFL, in Andrew Harris. 
and he's out rushing them, which seems kind of counterproductive. Um, the Bombers, they haven't been, well, they were super not impressive last week, blowing a big lead to the Montreal Alouettes. And um, I don't know, are they going to be reeling a little bit from this? And as far as I'm concerned, the Ticats are still a better team than the Alouettes are. I think the Ticats are going to win this one. Uh, they're playing on the road in Winnipeg, but I think it's uh, it's going to be a close game. But I just give a little bit more edge to Hamilton. Um, they just came off a road win in Edmonton, which is another place where it's not easy to play. But I think Hamilton uh, has it in them to pull another one out of the hat. So I'm going to go and I'm going to say that the Tiger Cats are going to pull this one out 27-24. 27-24 for the Tiggers. Yep. Okay. William. Yes. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this game a lot today. And I don't know how Winnipeg has been doing it with Strebler. And no Andrew Harris for two games. And then last week, Andrew Harris came back, and he had a pretty good game. But Strebler also had a game. But I think uh, if you think about last week at the end of the Montreal game, Montreal had his number. They knew exactly what he was going to be doing. He was going to take the ball and either hand it off or run with it. He wasn't going to pass. When the game comes down to it, Strebler's going to try and run the football. And even though he is a big lug, they can still stop him, and they did. So... I uh, I don't think Winnipeg's going to win this game, and as and I don't very often agree with my buddy Phil, but he did say last week that Winnipeg is going to start to go de- on a downward slide, and I think it started last week, and I think it's going to continue this week. It didn't start last week. I think it's it going to be a close game. Ago? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I'm going to go. Hamilton 30, Winnipeg 26. Wow. Um, Mark did not send in his scores. Did you get them? Nope. He's too far out in front anyway. So, yeah, I guess he's taking the week off on this one. That's just kind of – that's really nice of him considering you took a week off there, Phil. And, you know, this this evens it up a little bit, right? Okay. It's sportsmanship. Not to be expected from someone from Winnipeg. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. I'm really getting tired of this little girl with the braids that is, like, being so political. Like, everywhere I go on Facebook, there's pictures of her. Like, get over yourself already, little fascist. Okay, sorry. Uh, Phil, what what are you going to call this game? That was random. <laughs> it's true, though. It's, it is true. All right. You know, <clears throat> like Will pointed out, I think the Bombers are, are ready for a slide. You know, they, they might have the toughest schedule for the rest of the season. Oh. I don't think I've picked them since before Labor Day anyway, but I'm pretty sure I won't be picking them again this season unless 
things change dramatically. And and Will is right that the teams are going to start to solve Strebler's running attack, and I think we've already seen that. And uh, we know what his arm is capable of. We've seen some some bright lights, but it isn't enough. He's not going to be a drop-back quarterback. So I did have written down here Ticats 27, Bombers 22, but uh, I noticed uh, I'm pretty close to uh, Charles. They're they're all going to be close, so you can pick anything you want, as long as it's not the same. I'll I'll stay there then. 27-22, Ticats over the Bombers. Okay. Oh, what are you sending me, Charles? I just found this funny after your last comment, so. What, climate fear? Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll get you to that look later. At the picture, it's funny. Okay, well, what does the picture say? Do, 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 do. Uh, it's Christopher. Okay, it's this little kid. Yeah, I know. What just happened? Yeah, well, that's okay. It, it it's reality. Yep. It's reality. Okay, so it's uh, my turn to pick this game, and it's going to be. Oh, Mark's going to take Winnipeg. That's pretty much a given, isn't it? If he actually chimes in at all, uh, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Winnipeg in this one. And I'm going to pick it by 27 to 24. I'm going to take Charles' score, but put it on the other side. Only because Winnipeg does have a chance. You know, this is a tough game to pick. It could go either way. And with less people picking Winnipeg, the odds of me getting a golden star are greater. And it, it, not because I want Winnipeg to win. Actually, I hope they fall on their fucking face. But... um, uh, just I'm, I'm playing for the victor here. I'm I'm in pursuit, hot pursuit of Will, and I got to get there. So I'm taking Winnipeg. Uh, the next game up, which is uh, going to be uh, interesting, and I don't think so. Uh, two teams that are on absolute slides, absolutely going the wrong direction. They are trending the wrong direction at the wrong time of the season. And that's the Edmonton or uh, Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton Eskimos are in Ottawa to play the Red Blacks. Both teams are on multiple game losing streaks. Who do you pick under those circumstances? Seriously, who can you pick when it's just like both teams are heading south? They're already going to Arizona um, for the winner. Charles, who are you going to take in this? This one, it's in Ottawa. Does that make a difference? No, I saw what they could do in Ottawa last week. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, they didn't do anything in I, Ottawa last night. BC kicked the shit precise, out of them. Precisely. <laughs> uh, I wish this wasn't Edmonton playing Ottawa because that's the lo- team the Lions are trying to track down. But it yes. is what it is, and quite frankly. Um, even though uh, Edmonton's lost, I believe it's four straight now. The Ottawa Red Blacks are hot garbage. They got no quarterback. The receivers suck. Their defense sucks. Uh, there's nothing redeeming about this football team whatsoever. Uh, if they were playing a high school team, I would not be picking them. They're junk. 
Jennings uh, is not is uh, a crappy quarterback. Uh, Davis is a crappy quarterback. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick Campbell is a cra- crappy coach. Michard, Michelle Desjardins, or whatever the hell his name is, is a crappy Mar- Marcel. Uh, Marcel. Marcel, whatever. Eh, who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, this is a really bad football team now. I don't think they're going to win another game this season. And even though the Eskimos have been struggling of lately, as we found out here in BC, the cure to struggling is playing the Ottawa Red Blacks. They are that bad. Um, I'm sorry, they're not going to lose, beat the Edmonton Eskimos, even though the Eskimos have been playing awful lately. Uh, Ottawa has been that much worse, and I honestly think they can get blown. They're going to probably get blown out again, because I don't see this team putting up a whole lot of points for the rest of this season. I'm not not going to go on the record and say they're not going to score another touchdown or something, because even them can fluke into one now and then. But Edmonton's going to beat this team uh, probably pretty severely. I'm going uh, Edmonton 31 and Ottawa 10. 31 to 10? Yep. For Edmonton? Yep. Wow. Okay, now our buddy Will will not pick Edmonton to save his life. So I want to know whether or not he's going to pick the Red Blacks here because he cannot be like, cannot do that. Will! Yeah, but... Yeah, but I'm not going to pick Ottawa because I don't want to be the number one loser on this podcast, okay? That's that's only for one guy I know, okay? So I'm going to try and keep him in the basement. So I am going to pick Edmonton this week. As much as it, I hate to do it, but Charles is correct. There's no hope in hell of Ottawa beating Edmonton because Edmonton has their second-string quarterback, but he's better than Ottawa's first-string quarterbacks. He's better than anybody Ottawa could bring in in the next week. He's better, okay, and the team is better. Ottawa is just going nowhere fast, and it's it really is too bad because I, I hate to see Ottawa fans suffer like that because – they were in the Great Cup last year. They won the Great Cup two years ago or whatever it was, three years ago. I mean, come on. But Ottawa sucks. Sorry. But the new yeah. tire fire. The new tire fire of the CFL. But. It, go ahead. No, no, go. Yes. It's your turn. But, but. I think Charles' score is a little, well, I don't know if it's a little out to lunch. Um, You know, the worst thing is I I decided to make a concerted effort to catch the leaders of this whole thing, and I wrote my scores down at work two days ago, and I did a whole bunch of research, and I left them on my desk when I came home tonight. So um, so i got to wing this one. Um, I'm going to say... Can, you, you can change them. You can send them to me tomorrow, and, and, and yeah, we'll, we, will, we can look at for, them and, 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 sake, and change for them. The, Just, for the sake of argument, I'm going to say Edmonton 24, 
because they still have a rookie quarterback and he can't score points. He didn't show much last week. And Ottawa, oh, Edmonton's defensive line is going to feast on Ottawa. Ottawa, I said, what did I say last week? 15? That was too many points. Ottawa, 8. Ottawa, 8. Now, I want you to – okay, I'm going to ask you a question here right now. Um, Who has a better defense, Edmonton or B.C.? I really don't think there's a choice. This isn't a tough question. Yeah, it is. Really? Um, okay. I think I think I think BC has a better defensive backfield by far and away. I think Edmonton has a better defensive line by far and away. Okay. And Edmonton, I'm going to say Edmonton has better linebackers than BC does. I might okay. disagree. With so that. I would say. I would say BC or I would say Edmonton's defense is better. Okay, great. BC held them to six points and a rouge. I know. And you're saying that he's, they're going to get eight against Edmonton. I don't think so. Yeah, Bill. but but hold but, on, I'm not done yet. But, okay, don't, okay, don't okay, cut okay, me okay. Off here, no, I'm not cutting you off. I okay. thought you were done. You gave me your score. No, um. I think uh, BC's offense is better than Edmonton's offense. Yes, I can't argue that. Okay, so BC's just finally I mean, coming of their own. They're I mean, what upwards. can I say? Can I? Can I say? I mean, there's a very small difference between BC holding them. What did BC hold them to last week? Eight points or five? Seven. How, what did BC, seven? Okay. Two field well, goals and a rouge. Right. There's a there's not much difference between eight and seven or five and three and six. They're just pathetics. They're not going to score it, any it, points. It, I got to pick some just, kind of number. It just depends on what I can goat you into saying. Well, yeah, you do put very big peer pressure on me, and it's really upsetting <laughs> me lately. So stop it. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> okay, can Phil go now? And and just so you know, Chris, no, they were not. long shorts. They weren't. They were long shorts. They weren't fucking capris, okay? What long short? You? They were below your knees. Yes, but Christopher, that's okay, not a pair of they're shorts. My, they're my, they're my fat guy shorts, and I'm losing weight, so I couldn't keep them up, okay? No matter how tight I I I did the drawstring, okay? I couldn't keep them up, okay? I'm just saying. I I I don't know if there's a response to that. Phil, go. It's so ugly in our nation's capital right now. Oh, I thought you talked about not Phil's, sh- Will's legs. We're not <laughs> talking about Pierre Junior, okay? Oh yeah, shit. Oh yeah, the different podcast. Sorry. Oh, Wrong yeah, podcast. Yeah. Um. It I've been asked also, to do that podcast, but I don't think I will. It is also ugly over at, uh, I forget the stadium, Frank Clare. Frank Clare Stadium. Yeah. Lansdowne we, Park. Uh, oh, is it? Oh, Lansdowne Park. I'm sorry. Um, it, no, it's, it's Frank Clare so Stadium in Lansdowne Park. 
Oh, at Lansdowne Park. That's right. And it's been yep. renamed, um, or it's been named TD Place. Right. So it has all those names. It's all so confusing. But it's all you know, so ugly. But <laughs> it's out, out of respect what? for How their fans. Out of respect for their fans, I'm not going to go on a rant about how bad they are. I, although I will point out, I did predict this dumpster fire back in May. Um, I think on my very first podcast on number 379, maybe. But uh, I think the big question going into this game is, will Ottawa finally score a touchdown? It's been a few weeks now. Yep. It's pro- with a bye, it's probably been a month. Wow. Uh, just off the top of my head. Yeah. Let's uh, go back and look. Okay, so week 15, they played BC. No, they did not get one there. Week 14, they five points to BC. Back-to-back. Back-to-back shutouts from BC. Gotta love that one. Ottawa 17 against Toronto. They got 17 points. That that had to have been a touchdown in there. They couldn't have got those all in field goals, could they? Uh, Edmonton did that one night. Seven field goals. Gee, they might, they, they might have uh, with Lewis Ward. Uh, sure. Yeah, it, uh, Jonathan Jennings, one touchdown, one interception, 327 yards. So oh, there we go. Okay. He, I'm yeah, being too yeah. harsh. Yeah. Yep. So it's only two games that they've been shut out. Half a month. That said, that said, it's there's there's I can't think of anything good to say about the Ottawa Rough Riders right now, and I've been hard on on the Eskimos recently. Um, However, I believe they're going to walk into Ottawa and come out with a 1911 win. 1911. That's a lot of points for uh, for Ottawa right now. So you're picking Edmonton. Well, I'll tell you what. I can't, in all honesty, uh, go against the grain here. Even though I, you know, to try to get an extra little win on you guys, I. Pick Ottawa. It's just they're just too big of a tire fire right now. Um, so I'm going to pick the Edmonton Eskimos, and I don't think that they're going to be uh, that dominant. But I'm going to pick the score of 28. Okay, there's a pair of rouges for Ottawa. Edmonton is going to shut them down. 28 to two. Yeah, 28 to two. Well, you know, I get told it. I get told that I'm not um, talking about Edmonton or uh, uh, Eastern teams enough. So, you know, we're going to try to talk about them. And giving them two points is pretty much the best I can do. Okay. Big convoy going down into uh, from Merritt today. Eh? Did you see that? Oh, my good Lord. Oh, the, the logging trucks. Logging trucks. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Anyhow, um, next game up is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders playing Toronto. Now, these games really aren't that hard to pick. Charles, Rough Riders, Argonauts. Argonauts are starting James Franklin. That has been announced. That has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. And that is probably a reason, another just another reason not to pick Toronto. Um, 
this is another good team against a bad team. Let's face it. Um, Toronto was dreadful last week at home. I mean, sure, they were playing Calgary. The score, I think it ended up 23-16. That was a massively flattering score because um, Calgary was head and shoulders the better team in that game. And uh, Toronto got a few points in garbage time, but they looked like crap last week, let's face it. Um, And they have been for most of the season. They've got a couple of wins under their belt, but nothing sustained. Uh, They do not have back-to-back wins this year. Um, They're just a bad football team. Um, And James Franklin, well, he was the wonder kid two, three years ago, but... um, he hasn't shown me anything since he's been in Toronto that um, really lets me um, leads me to believe that uh, he is the guy to turn things around. Um, hmm. You can actually make some parallels between um, uh, what to say, James Franklin and Jonathan Jennings, because a couple years ago they were seen as the two up and comers in the CFL, and they, now they're just seen as. Um, n- Never, never worse. They not even has beens. They never were. So uh, Saskatchewan is coming. They were on a bye week last week, right? Uh, so they're coming off the bye week. Um, this is a good matchup for them. Uh, I don't see them going in and losing to Toronto. Um, there's they've still got um, hopes of uh, tracking down Winnipeg for first place in the West. And I just see this one as uh, a pretty good. I don't think it's going to be quite the blowout that um, Edmonton to, or Edmonton and Ottawa will, will be, but Saskatchewan is going to win this game comfortably. Uh, I'm going to pick Saskatchewan to win this one, 28-17. 28-17. for the Greenies. Yep. William. Yes. You know what? I just I just can't do it. Okay? I can't <laughs> do it. I just can't do it. It's not in my DNA. Okay? I, 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 I tell you what, if Saskatchewan happens to get into the Grey Cup this year in Calgary, I think I'm going to buy at least 40 people in my section the opposing team's jersey and hand them out, okay? Just because I dislike Saskatchewan that much. Always have, always will. Not as much as I've been hating the Bomber fans this year, but Saskatchewan fans are pretty close. There are some nice Saskatchewan fans out there. I would I would consider Phil a nice Saskatchewan fan. Um, delusional, but nice. Um, you know what? <sighs> Shit, what the hell? I'm going to pick uh, Toronto. And I figure James Franklin will play one quarter, and then they'll get smart and put Bethel Thomas back in. And I'm going to pick uh, I'm gonna pick the uh, Toronto Argonauts, 47. <laughs> the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Saskatchewan 47. Rough Riders. Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders, 12. <laughs> J. 
you know why he can do this? Because nobody else is going to pick Toronto, and he could have picked two to one. That's true. And if Toronto if Toronto wins, but I like forty seven twelve much better. In my dreams, forty seven twelve is the best game ever. Okay. Speaking okay. of delusional. Yeah. <laughs> he wears that badge of honor very proudly. Phil. And the only reason I'm forced into these decisions is because Saskatchewan plays in the CFL. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that. Okay. Phil. You're gonna pick the Rough Riders I have this suspicion. Well, I'm a realist, so I have some worries going into this game. But unlike some of the people on this panel, like I don't harbor very many delusions. Uh, however, I'm concerned with the Argos with this change you're, of quarterback. You're a Ryder fan. And, you're delusional at the best times, okay? <laughs> and and you know I finally agree with with Will McDonald on something. I think it's a big mistake to remove uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson as a starter right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. James Franklin, he hasn't looked good since Stephen McAdoo was his coordinator. And if he doesn't get back together with McAdoo, his career is probably over. That said, this is a, this is a huge trap game for the Riders. On the road. And you know, every team that's on their way to winning a Grey Cup, they lose a trap game down the stretch. So I'm going to take Toronto. What? <laughs> no, I am not. I was going to say. I'm taking the Riders to win 28-22. to 22. And agree with Will that it'll just be too late when McLeod Bethel-Thompson gets back into the game for them to catch the Riders and come back. That's all I got. Okay. Well, I see this game as a lot closer than what anybody else is, and uh, I'm going to pick it of a score of 26 to 24 for the Toronto Argonauts. Okay. That's my pick on this one. And the final game, the final game, is the Montreal Alouettes and the BC Lions. And this is in BC. Charles will be at this game. Actually, I will not, but... What the fuck? I got my son's birthday party on Saturday. Otherwise, I would be there. Well, take him to the football game. Pardon? Take him to the football game. I can't. They're going paintballing, and I booked this like a, a two months ago, so I didn't even the realize the schedule's been out since February. I know, and no, I didn't Charles, look at it. Charles, you're such a liar. You want to go paintballing? I know you. Are you kidding me? If I went paintballing, I'd be surrounded by forty people just pelting me one after another. <laughs> yeah, I can see that one happening. Yeah. But I will be watching. You should, you we'll should take Russ as a shield. <laughs> 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 and, 
anyways, <laughs> back to reality. Okay. Um, so, um, this is kind of uncharted territory this season for the Lions because they're entering this game on a roll and with some confidence, which is really nothing we can have said for the Lions earlier this season. So, Ever I'll be interested this to, Yeah, so I'm... I'm going to be interested to see how the offensive line plays uh, this weekend. I know they've been great the last two weeks, but, I mean, they were playing Ottawa, so that's hard to gauge. However, in the game before that, they played Montreal, and they only gave up two sacks in that game. So that's encouraging. Last time these two teams played in Montreal about three weeks ago, uh, it was a very close game, and... um, uh, this week, the Alouettes, of course, will not have Vernon Adams Jr. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But he's suspended for the whole Adam Big Hill thing. So the Lions are going to face not Antonio Pipkin. I'm not sure if maybe he's still injured or not. But they're actually going to face Matt Schlitz. Matt Schlitz. Oh. Isn't that a yeah, beer? Schlitz beer? It might be. It sounds like it. It probably should be. Wasn't he wasn't he the backup at BC a couple of years ago? No, he was never here. No? Okay. Schlitz beer. I'm sure that there was a Schlitz, Schlitz beer. I think you're right, actually. And no, we, Schlitz was never a backup a few years ago. Our backup was just the shit. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, uh, so going into this game, I think the Lions... I like what I've seen them. I know they were playing Ottawa, but they they looked like they were having fun and they were being effective. And I coming home playing a, a backup quarterback, I see their defense continuing on with their strong play. And I think the offensive line has finally got some stability and they finally got a system that's been put in properly by Kelly Bates. And I expect the protection, the good protection for Mike Riley to continue, and I expect the BC Lions to make it three in a row, because I think they're going to win. I just have this feeling that they're starting to finally come together. It took a lot longer than it should have, and it took a lot longer than we wanted it to, but this is finally a team that looks like it's gelling. And a month ago, you couldn't say that, but even though they were playing... um, Ottawa, and they beat Ottawa both things, but even in a couple of the games before the back-to-back with Ottawa, they lost, but they played pretty well in the games. So that was all part of this coming together for the team, and now they're starting to put it together and getting wins. And I think they're going to get their third one in a row at home. They're finally going to get a home win. They don't have, sorry, they do have one home win. The first game against Ottawa was a home win. I should know I was there. Uh, But they're going to get a win this week, and I think they're going to win this one 35 to 24. Good score. I like it. Thank you. William. Go out. This is such such a hard game. Okay. This is such a hard game. Because Montreal, or BC did play Montreal well in the last game. They don't have the badge. And you know, without the Vag, they're just they're just not the same team. So I 
I don't know how to pick this. I really don't know how to pick this. I mean, you got 4,007-year-old John Bowman as one of their defensive ends. So I'm thinking that offensive line should play well, like BC's offensive line. Um, ah, shit. I don't know what to do. What to do, what to do, what to do, what to do. Okay, let's do this. Let's go. What was Charles' score? 35-24. Doesn't, doesn't matter. He picked BC. You're going to pick Montreal. 37-26, British Columbia. No. No. You're not allowed. Every time you do that, I mean, you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just stop for a minute. Matt Schlitz, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. No, let's go. Ah, fuck. Let's go 27. 20, no, let's not go that either. Shit. You know what? 27-18 Lions. God, he picked BC, Charles. Uh, well, it was nice thinking I was going to get it right for a few seconds, anyways. Might I, might I add this guy, this year, guys? How many games have we played? Well, we're in week eight, sixteen, seventeen, something like that. How many games has BC played? Well, they've got uh, a, a bye coming 13. up, so I'd have to say they've been played 13 they games played, or something. They played 13. And how yeah, many have thir- they won? Three. Three? Three. Okay. So the 10 times I've big, picked BC, so have you guys, and you guys have just been as wrong as I have. So that's not that's not even a truth, okay? It's got nothing to do with me picking BC. It's got everything to do with you picking BC, you traitor. Don't pick Calgary. Stop stop with the peer pressure. You're bothering me. Don't pick Calgary. Calgary's not okay. going to win or lose this week. No, they're not. No, 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 no. But they will drop in the power, stand, power rankings just because that's what happened. Phil, Montreal Alouettes, British Columbia Lions. Well, the Lions have been really exciting to watch the last three games they played. So is Montreal. And really, I guess it's since, uh, yes, so is Montreal. Uh, in the Lions' case, it's been since Kelly Bates came on staff, and the offensive line has provided protection for Mike Riley. Playing at home, I, I think that's going to give BC a tremendous advantage, particularly with Vernon Adams Jr. out for the game. However, in the limit of action I've seen out of Matthew Schlitz since his debut in October 2017 against the Riders, he has not looked unimpressive. So I think they're going to give him a game. It's just that Montreal's on the road, way out west. Um, so I'm going to go with the Lions 28 and the Owls 21. That's that's actually another good thing to point out, too, that you brought that up there, Phil, is that no matter how the teams are doing, uh, typically Montreal does not play well in Vancouver. No, they do not. But last year they did beat BC in, in at home. That's true. Didn't everybody? 
Yeah. No. Also true. Well, not quite. Not cl- No, come on. It wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah. It, it was so bad. Yes, it was. It was. Oh, yeah. In, in BC last year, it was so bad. It was. Uh, they were looking for a, uh, a home for battered okay. BC Lions fans. Okay. Uh, 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 just stop, okay? Just so that you know, in the 2018 season, BC was 9-9 nine and nine for the season, okay? They had seven home wins. Seven. So don't be telling me that BC was a doorstop at home. They went 7-2 and two at home. We're just making shit up. Okay. We're wrong. Okay. We're just making shit up. But, but, yes. and the biggest thing about That's BC That's pretty bloody obvious. Was imp- the biggest thing about BC last year was their impressive loss in the, in the, in the playoffs. Yes, it was it was very impressive, and they've done that several times when they've crossed over. Mollywop. Yeah, well, that's kind of what BC did to Ottawa last week, don't you think? Wouldn't you call that a mollywopping? It's it's, it's Ottawa. Oh, yeah. Still, still bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, what do we got here? We got BC. Whose who's turn is it to pick? Oh, my God, it's CJ. Okay, we're going to take the BC Lions here, the Vancouver Kittens, as my daddy would call them. And I'm going to pick BC 42 and the Montreal Alouettes 24. Because that's the way it rolls. Okay. I'm really, we don't have Mark scores here, and uh, we can't really say what's going on here. And maybe he's not going to put in any scores because he fell asleep or something because he needs his beauty sleep, unlike he belief of others. I'm kind of tired right now. Um, okay, so what are we going to talk about next? Oh, we have an agenda. Charles did that. We did the Hamilton-Winnipeg game. We did the Edmonton-Ottawa game. We did the Saskatchewan-Toronto game. We did the Montreal-BC game. What other I games are there? There aren't. There's only four. Okay. Only four this week. Hmm. Good. Uh, Vag, Vernon Adams Jr. has been suspended. Who's surprised by this? Nobody. Nope. Nobody's surprised by this because he took Adam Big Hill's helmet by the grill, wanked it off his head, and swung it at him. He should have been ejected from the game. He didn't because the officials are useless in this league. And um, then, then the league looks at this. Vernon, Vernon, Vernon. You're not allowed to do that shit. So um, he got a one-game suspension. He feels bad. He's apologetic to the fans, to his teammates, to Adam Big Hill. He even sent a tweet to Adam Big Hill apologizing for swinging the helmet at him. I don't honestly think Adam Big Hill says he got hit in the face with the helmet. I honestly don't believe that that's completely true because if most of us got hit in the head face with the helmet, we'd have broke a jaw or a cheek or a nose or something. I know Adam's a tough son of a bitch, but still uh, helmets, a helmet. Um, okay. So, uh, 
Is the suspension justifiable? My opinion, it is. He shouldn't have done it. Was he provoked into doing it? Well, yeah. Big Hill was jumped on top of him. Bomber, two bomber players had to pull him off. And you know, I said this on Let's Talk CFL Facebook group. I, I did a detailed explanation of what happened and where the mistakes were made and what should have transpired. And oh my God, how many people lost their shit on it? And and they didn't even oh, look at the video because I'm right. It, it's absolutely impossible not to agree with what I said because you just watch the video and it's done. Oh my good lord. I I, I just have never mind. I'm not even gonna tell you what 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 just happened here. Um okay. So uh Vernon Adams Jr. is suspended. He won't be playing against the BC Lions this week. Uh, Matt Schlitz will. And it is a brewing company. I found the Joseph Schlitz Brewing yep. Company in uh, uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No, Milwaukee's not in Wisconsin, is it? I don't know. And they've yes, been bought is. out by the Paps Brewing Company. So there you go. Okay, so oh, anyhow. So, uh, Charles, are you shocked that uh, Vernon Adams was suspended? Good, bad, uh, or ugly? Not in the least. Um, N- not. In you the least. cannot swing a. You cannot swing a, a helmet at a guy, whether you hit him or not. You can't do it. I'm sorry. I know he was pissed off because he had just thrown an interception, and I know Adam Bigill was getting rough with him on the ground to the point where the two bombers. Had to pull him off. It was Craig Rowe and one other guy. But at that point, you, you, even at that point, you cannot swing somebody's helmet, especially after you've just torn the guy down using the helmet and literally put right. him to the ground. You can't then turn around and just swing at a guy with an object. Now, there are some idiots online that are saying, oh, that should be assault. They should call the police. Uh, that could be... Uh, charges, get off of that. Give me a break. Don't be stupid. But, yeah, the, the suspension, I've got no problem with. You can't do that kind of crap. You really can't. It's uh, That's going to get you a suspension every time. And uh, I had no problem with it. Uh, I was actually surprised he did. he's not going to appeal. I mean, sure, I mean, it's hard to appeal that because there's clear-cut video of you doing it. But I'm not upset because now we don't have to play him this week. <laughs> so I'm happy for selfish reasons. But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised at the um, at the suspension at all. At the suspension at all, and it's justified. And you can't just swing a guy's helmet at him. It's not. It's that's never going to go well for you. Okay. So. Um... Would it have made a difference if it was somebody else's helmet? I don't care whose helmet it was. You don't swing it at a person. Not really. Well, I don't think it, may, it doesn't make a difference to me. Okay. I, I think it's worse if you wank off the guy's helmet and then swing it at him. You use his own helmet to hit him. I think, personally, I think that would be really insulting. Okay, it's one thing to take off your helmet and use it, but you know, to, to wang it off, rip it off of his face, and then then hit him with it. Uh, I don't know. 
I, it doesn't matter in the in the punishment, but I think you know the moral satisfaction there is, is greater. Um, Phil, are you surprised by the suspension? Should he have gotten a, a two game suspension? Should it only have been a fine? Should he appeal? What, what does is there grounds for an appeal? I mean, he was in self defense mode because Adam Big Hill was on top of him. I mean, it wasn't like Adam was down there politely asking him to return his helmet because he needed it for the next play. At least well, he didn't connect properly. Christopher, <laughs> he, he, after the fact, he definitely deserves the one-game suspension. And But I don't think he should have got the one-game suspension if the right call was made on the field because he deserved an ejection. And I don't believe Wait. he would have got a one-game suspension if they had made that, that call on the field. Oh, no, if you're ejected from a game, you automatically get a one-game suspension. I, you know, I'm I didn't realize sure that. that's right. Uh, is that right? I'm not sure if that's I, right. I, I, think that, I think that's right. I, I, I question that, too, Charles. I, I'm not sure it's right. We'll have to okay, and, and you know what? It's, it's and I'm okay right. with that. I, 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 I could be wrong. I'm not, I don't know this for a fact. But I believe that that's a correct statement. You are. And I, I, I am right. Yeah, I thought you're so. wrong. I'm you're wrong. wrong. Okay, so yeah, I'm wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. Yep. Okay. And but, the only reason I know this, the only reason I know this, Labor Day, uh, Adela K got ejected from the Hamilton game. He was playing the next week. So. Okay. Yep. And that brings up the uh, the subject I've talked about before that. I would like to see the CFL adopt uh, NCAA-style targeting rules um, rather than outright one-game suspensions um, and loss of game checks. Uh, In this case, we're seeing, uh, I understand today, a half a game check is how big this fine is. Uh, That's the maximum fine. (laughs) The maximum fine allowable under the CBA. It is, eh? It's a half a game check. So. I understand that's what he got, and I would like to see uh, the CFL adopt uh, uh, suspensions like that too, where you can dress a guy, you can't use him for the first half of the next game. And I think it helps the CFL dole out uh, suspensions without as much loss of income because these guys are underpaid, let's face it. And yet they're uh, not underpaid. An effective system. Have an effective system. I believe you're underpaid, Christopher. Probably topic for another day, but and and I think that's where we're trying to get more income for the CFL. But let's go back to the like the fact that he deserved an ejection. The the fact is the officials on the field and the INSI they went out. They, they, that they were highly in error by not by not ejecting him, and simply didn't have the balls to make the correct call. They were in a situation where there was a lot of momentum. Montreal was making a comeback. And, and the fans, they felt the pressure of the fans. And that's just not good officiating. If you bend to the fans and you bend to this situation like that. And, and so I'm highly critical of, particularly the eye in the sky after, after this event. They have the time to, to think about this. The on-field officials don't. You know, if they don't make that snap decision to kick them out, you know, they're not going to go talk about it and then kick them out afterwards. That doesn't happen. Somebody kicks you out and then, you know, whatever. The eye in the sky had the ability to overturn their call. 
okay, or or make the right call, and they failed. You're right, Phil. All that said, I gotta say I'm sure thrilled with the outcome, though. <laughs> I love the fact that Vernon Adams Jr. stayed in the game and orchestrated two touchdown drives to beat the Bombers. I think we're all happy that that happened, except maybe fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got about that. Okay. William, you have an opinion on this suspension? Yeah, you know what? I do believe he should have gotten ejected. Um, he didn't. Um, and, you know, you can say they didn't want to stop the momentum of the comeback, but they were not coming back at that time. The three touchdowns happened after that, if I'm correct. I yep. could be wrong, but I think I'm correct. As a matter of fact, was no, people thought that that was the end, pretty much the end of the line for Montreal at that, that point. That is correct. That is correct. They, they, were, they were down by 13 points at that point in time. Yeah, okay. So they mounted so a little they, bit of the comeback. Yeah, yeah they, they still started their comeback. Point. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know what? Game is, you know, football is a game of emotion, and the winner in the game of emotion is the guy who keeps it in control. Okay. Vernon Adams, spur of the moment, he didn't keep it under control. And, uh, yeah, I think he should have got a suspension. But as far as two games and three games, you know what? Give the guy a break. He was, he was, he was high. It was emotional. It was a spur of moment thing. Vernon Adams isn't a guy. He was high? Know of that go, that, no, isn't a guy that we know of who goes around trying to injure people all the time, not unlike some people in the CFL that we know about. Um, We're going to talk about Simone and, uh, Lawrence later. I, it's going to be next. How do you know I was talking about Simone Lawrence? Anyways. Um, because yeah, you should, should be. Got the suspension, and he got a suspension, and once the game's over, that should be over too. So that's simple. He's not a dirty player. Let's face it. He just got wrapped up in this thing. And And don't tell me when Adam Big Hill had him pinned on the ground, Adam Big Hill wasn't jawing, okay? Don't tell me that, because that would be a lie. I guarantee Well, of course it. he was. Of course like he I was. Like I said, he, so, he wasn't politely asking for his helmet back. No, no, not at all. Like I said, it's a game of motion. Some guys get wrapped up in it sometimes, and these are the results. Pretty simple. Go ahead. Can't disagree with Will. No, no, not at all. Uh, I think Vernon Adams should have appealed the the suspension, and I think he should have gone into the arbitrator and had made a statement that uh, Adam Big Hill made a racial slur. And I'm sorry, I absolutely just lost my shit on him. And he would have got off. He wouldn't have had to serve a suspension. And it didn't, matter whether, it didn't matter whether or not it was true. It's just it has to be believable. Okay? And all you have to do is make it believable in front of an arbitrator. And uh, he would have he got off the suspension. All he had to say is he jumped on me. He started calling me names. 
and I lost my shit on him. You, 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 he, the suspension would have been lifted. Or on the other hand, in the Montreal organization, they would have, they could have said, "Ah, fuck, we're playing BC this week. Yeah, take a week off, no big deal." <laughs> you never know. You never know. You're a dick, Will. I just thought I'd share that. With you. There's a lot of there's a lot of truth in that statement. I'm sorry. So then, why did you pick BC to win? Huh? 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 Um, I'm I'm huh? just so you know, Christopher. I am going to change all my scores tomorrow when I get to the office. And I can't remember who I picked. Can he do that? Yeah, you can. Yes, up you until can. the start of the game, you can change your score, but you have to you have to send it to me, and you have to send it to our statistician Stephen Sparksman, or send it to Mark and, and, and Mark Mark and, and Stephen are buddies, so and, they'll talk to each other. And me and and me and Stephen are like gold because I took him to a football game. So St- Stephen and know, I. So, so oh, I'm gonna probably Steven change shit. my scores about. 38 seconds before the first game tomorrow or next week, this week, sorry. Friday. That would mean I'd have to accept Stephen Sparksman's friend request. Yeah. Oh, no, he didn't send me one. Oh, he didn't send you one? I got a friend request to, today from somebody. Who was it? It was uh, Bomber Mike. Bomber Mike. I don't know who Bomber Mike is, but. I don't know that. Um, I've never heard of him. I have to believe he's a Bomber fan. Hey, Christopher, I didn't realize that I can add people to our chat room, can I? Yeah, you can. I was thinking you, I'd add You Steven can remove Sparksman. people, too. <laughs> I was thinking of adding Stephen Sparksman. <laughs> this is people who are on the podcast, okay? And don't say anything more. Todd Mogie's not on the podcast. I knew you were going to say something more. Why do you? Todd Bogey has been on the podcast. Okay? Bullshit. Yeah, no no shit. No shit. What He's century? been on the podcast what before. What century? He's been on a when? couple of times. He's been on a couple of no. times. No. Was I yeah, when I when or what? No, well, I don't even know if you were on the show. Yeah, you had to have been on the podcast. Uh, no, yeah, no, I was he was on, on the, the show. He, he was on the podcast. And that's when I put him into the group, and I just I never see. took him out, okay? Because he hasn't been on okay. since. And, I see. And, okay. Okay, so just calm down. Calm I won't down. say I'm done. I'm not saying anything else. The, the smart man. Okay. Um, where are we going with this? Badge is done. He's suspended. He's out. He's not playing against BC. Matt Schlitz is, and that's a good thing for BC. BC may go, may, may, may go uh, three games winning streak here, and that would be a good thing. Uh, it's very bad that Edmonton has to play Ottawa because that's the only game Edmonton may win this rest of the season, and it would be it, BC's number is two. Any BC two of BC losses or two of Edmonton wins or one and one or whatever else. The magic number I believe is two right now. Um, Okay. So uh, the next up is Simone Lawrence. He got fined again and he got fined his maximum fine of allowable. As Phil pointed out, it is half a game, half a game's pay. 
Bless you. Was that okay? Yeah, yeah I hiccup. No, no. Yeah, hiccup. Yeah, yeah. Last last week, last show, you were sneezing like hell, weren't you? I was fighting off a cold on the last show. Oh, okay. Did you win? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So Simone Lawrence is fined again for targeting a quarterback, Logan Kilgore. I didn't actually see this play, so I'm not really going to comment on it. Do we believe Simone Lawrence is a dirty player? Does he just play hard? Uh, I don't know. I, You know what? I'm just tired of people making opinions based on their beliefs as opposed to what is reality. And I'm not saying that it's not reality in this case. I'm just saying there's too many people out there that are just spouting off because they want it to be that way. And I'm really getting sick of it. But, ah, whatever. Okay, uh, Charles, Simone Lawrence, he's fine again. You saw the hit? Was it yeah. a bad one? It wasn't a good one. Uh, he plays really on the borderline all the time, really. Um don't isn't that how you want your defensive linemen or your linebackers? Yes, but far too often he crosses the line, and uh, especially with quarterbacks, and he's getting a reputation for it. So I don't like calling players a dirty players because I a lot of times don't think, even though the the hits are bad, like the one with Calaris, I don't think there was an intent to injure. No, but he's he's definitely a borderline player when you look at it because a lot of his hits are well they're they're close to the uh, they're close to the end. He gets fined, he gets suspended. So even though I don't think they're meant necessarily to be um, um, you know dirty and uh, intending to injured, sometimes it doesn't matter because. Um, when you throw a hit and it's uh, you, you contact the head or it's a little bit late, people don't care if it's late, uh, if what your intent was. If it looks like a bad hit, you're a dirty player. I don't like to do that black and white because I don't think it's fair. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think he has really a bad intent. But just the way he plays uh, just gets him into trouble. Um... I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to call him a dirty player, but he's certainly right on the borderline at the very least. So he's he's not, he doesn't play like Carisa Bear. No, Carisa Bear, Carisa Bear, a Bear was a dirty player. There, there's no two way. He was going out there trying to hurt people. I don't see it from Simone Loris. I just think he kind of uses bad judgment a couple times. But I, I, I stopped short of calling him a dirty player. Okay. Tyree Zabair was a cheap shot artist. Correct. Um, William. I know you have an opinion of Kyrie Zabair. Do you have an opinion of yeah. this? Well, you know, from what's... Uh, okay, so I saw the hit, and, and I kind of thought it was sort of like a... 
WWF hit, to be honest with you. So fake? But, no, it was real. <laughs> he watched too much wrestling as a kid or something. Um, I... And, and there, I think, I really believe there is a difference between Kyrie Bear and Simone Lawrence. I think Simone Lawrence plays on the edge. I think he plays 2,000% all the time. And sometimes, once again, it's a game of emotion. And he might be saying to himself, you know, maybe I can just get this in... You know, and it's sometimes it seems to be a couple of seconds too late, or he hits the guy in the head. I don't think he doesn't. I really don't think he does it on purpose. I could be completely out to lunch on this, okay? But I, I think he's he, Simone Lawrence is definitely a skilled player. He doesn't have to do that stuff, but I think that's the difference maker as far as he's concerned. And I mean, I betcha. We only see half the crap he does, to be honest with you. Because didn't he get, didn't he get fined about a week ago or two weeks ago for twisting somebody's ankle in the pile? Okay, Mike Riley. No, right. your very and own Calgary Stampeder running back. Right. Okay. Right. And and you know what? And and I don't know if you guys realize this, but lots of things happen in the pile. Okay. Lots yeah, of things happen in the pile. And we never see those things that happen in the pile. Okay? I mean, I, I know running backs that have told me they've always, almost had their, you know, what's twisted off their body, okay? So, it's football. It's dirty. So, so explain to me the difference, okay? Because I'm thinking Simone Lawrence meant to hit him in the head like he did. So what's the difference between hitting a guy in the head and swinging a helmet at a guy? One guy gets a suspension, the other guy gets the maximum fine. Explain the difference to me and how they decide on that. I don't I, I can't I can't tell you the no, difference in this. And I don't think just, they I don't think they can either. So I'm just I'm just watching this this uh, video, at, yeah. I don't think I would have given him a penalty. Wow. Yeah, but you love Simone Lawrence. No, I don't. I, I, well, I, I don't think I he should have got a penalty on the Caleros hit. That's beside the point. I, this, he, I, I'm looking at the video. I don't think it was that bad. I don't know. Okay. Phil, go ahead. You're last. And You're wait, wait a minute. Wait oh, a minute. If Mark was on, if Mark was on the podcast right now, you know what would happen, right? What? You two'd get in a discussion about Manny Arsenal and, uh, and uh, Taylor Loeffler. Uh, Taylor Loeffler's hit in the end zone, and then would just it, go that, on and on and on. That was a total <laughs> different hit. I mean, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> totally different. Okay. Okay. I'm done talking. I mean, this this one they they were all on the ground and 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 Lawrence ended up on top of Logan Kilgore. Okay, and okay, 
That's what happens in football. Okay. Anyhow, he go drove ahead. his head into Logan Kilgore's helmet. Come on. He didn't. You know, I don't if think I, he did. Will I, he did not? Will I'm looking at it right now. There's no way in hell he did that. I can send you the clip. Christopher, I've got the game on my PVR. I'm going to look tomorrow. I could be wrong. So I'm going to go here. Okay, just, just for a second, Phil, just for a second. Okay, the quarterback, Logan Kilgore, was still fighting for yards. He wasn't down by contact. He was still... Simone Lawrence came in with his left shoulder? Was it left shoulder? Yeah, precisely. His his knee was not down yet. He was not down by contact. He was in contact, but he wasn't down, and he took him with his left shoulder. Yeah, it it it, it hit him. It actually hit him right in the in the shoulder blades. Yeah. His grill did hit the back of the helmet. But it was that was secondary to the shoulder to the and, shoulder and Logan Logan Kilgore's head did go into the turf, no doubt about it. That's because he got hit in the back, and that was yeah. he, Simone Lawrence made the tackle. He wasn't down before that that hit. Now that I actually see the video, I realize the CFL is being pretty aggressive on this protecting quarterbacks. In, on this particular hit, if it had been any, if it had been a running back or receiver, there would have been no fine. Uh, it, it's because it was a quarterback, and it's because it's the third offense this season for Simone Lawrence. But this one is very borderline. I disagree with uh, you, Christopher, that uh, that that was not a dirty hit on Zach Caleros earlier in the season. But at the same time, I agree with you that he wasn't intending to injure Zach Claros. It's just, it's just the aggressive way he plays. However, that twist in the ankle of the uh, Calgary Stampeders quarterback la- or, or running back last week, that was, uh, that was a look into the, maybe the dark heart of Simone Lawrence. And I think the CFL was pretty ready to, uh, to jump on him again if there was anything close. But the thing is, for Simone Lawrence, is if this continues to happen, and because there's been some borderline ones that he wasn't called on this year like this too, and last year, some of these aggressive hits, sooner or later, he's going to have an offensive lineman accidentally roll up on his leg. And because uh, that's, that's kind of the justice that, that football doles out, in my opinion. That's all I got. What's, the, what's going on? What do you mean? What do you mean? Did we lose you? Are you there, Christopher? Yeah, I'm. I'm here, but so, something's playing in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hang I on, hear dead people. I hear dead people. Oh, okay. Whoa. I- I, I see so, people who have missed the playoffs. I've seen people who have missed the playoffs everywhere. Yeah. 
That was bad, man. No, what happened was I'm, I put up that link there for the three downs, uh, uh, Farhan and, and uh, Dave Naylor did the thing. And uh, it started running in the background. So all of a sudden, this video file was playing really loud in my ears, louder than I could hear from you guys. And I'm going, where the hell is this coming from? And I couldn't find it. And it was in a hidden window. So I got it stopped now, and I'm, I'm I'm okay. I'm under control. I'm hearing voices, but it was Farhan Lauji. <laughs> I don't think that's the guy I want to hear. When he never mind. Okay. Charles, did you go on Simone? Or are you done? I did. I've gone already. Okay, so we're finished with him. Can we move on? I think so. Okay, let's move on. Hamilton are the favorites to win the East. Says who? Is that what it says? It's, it does. No, it doesn't say says who. I, that's me. I'm saying that. Who says this? CFL.ca, the strength of the Ticats have the short uh, path to the Eastern crown. That should have said the R should have been first. I should have put R. Hamilton, the favorites to win the East. I wrote that wrong. I was doing, that's oh, what okay. happens when you do things in a hurry. That's okay. The the two thes kind of confused me a bit, but that's okay. I I put yeah. two that's in in the sentence. That that's the best way of doing it. Okay, and and, and it's proper English. But any, uh, are the tie caps the favorite to clinch? Well, they have clinched. They were the first team to clinch a playoff spot. Are they the fir- uh, are they the favorites in the Eastern Division right now? Well, let's go look at their schedule because that's a deciding factor who they get to play. Okay, so first off, what is the standings like? Because they they they're like well ahead of Montreal right now, are they? Substantially ahead, uh, uh, ten to seven. Six. So six points. Ten wins. Yeah, six points that's ahead. What, okay, so let's look at the lot to make up at this time. Schedule coming up. Hamilton and Winnipeg. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one for Hamilton. Montreal is playing BC. That's eh, going to be a tough one for Montreal. The next week, we got Montreal and Calgary and Hamilton and Edmonton. Well, I would I would favor Hamilton over Montreal in a victory here. Okay? Uh, the next week, Montreal is playing Winnipeg again. And... And then what's him call it? Uh, Hamilton's on a bye. And then Hamilton plays Ottawa and Montreal plays Toronto. That's a coin flip. And then the last, no, week 20, Hamilton and Montreal play each other. So, you know, there, there's a, a deciding game. And then the last game of the week, the last week of the season, Montreal plays Ottawa and Hamilton plays another coin flip. Uh I, I think it would be really hard for Montreal to catch Hamilton for number one in the East. I, I don't think it's possible, personally. I don't think Hamilton's going to lose that many games. Charles? Is it possible they, that Montreal yes. can catch them? Mathematically, yes, but you got to look at it in reality. Are it's going to pretty much take an epic collapse by Hamilton uh, for Montreal to catch them. And really, there just doesn't seem to be um, any signs of that happening. 
you would think that if Hamilton were going to falter, it would have happened right after Jeremiah Mazzoli went down and Dane Evans was trying to to learn the ropes, but it didn't. They held their own, and they're still on top of the division. So, really, um, I think the likelihood of them um, collapsing and Montreal catching them is very, very low. Yeah. Short of uh, a catastrophic failure of some kind, I think uh, it's not going to happen. You know, they could lose Dane, Dane Evans, right? Mm-hmm. Reality, they could. So you yeah, know, you never that, know what happens. That, that could equalize things, but I mean, that's that's an if. That's an if. Yeah. If you keep everything equal, then uh, no, there's no way in hell they're going to do it. Sorry, Montreal Alouette fans, but you know what? There's nothing the matter with being second place. It gives you a home playoff game, and you might actually deserve it this year. So be it. Anything else, Charles? No, I think that's pretty much what I had to say there. Okay. Phil, what's your thoughts on Hamilton? I'm glad this question came up because uh, I believe the Montreal Alouettes have uh, come a long ways and and built this team now to uh, where they've got as good a team as – as the Hamilton Ticats. It's just that uh, too being a couple behind. games back, two and a half games back, is, as they say in baseball, uh, with one game in hand and, and six points or three wins behind Hamilton. And barring, you know, maybe what Charles suggested, that, you know, what if Danny Evans got hurt, uh, barring something like that happening, uh, I think Hamilton is safely going to finish first in the East, and, and they deserve it. They've had a hell of a season. They're six and zero at home, mind you. So is Winnipeg. That's very impressive. Yes. Okay, William. Yep. Is Hamilton better than you the rest what? in the East, or is that just the you know the shortest midget sort of thing? I don't think they're better than than Montreal. I think they're pretty equal. But, I mean, they're obviously going to win first place because Montreal started too late and Hamilton got off to a good start by beating Western teams. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, what I'm look, you know what I'm looking forward to? I don't, remember, don't know if you guys remember in the 2000s or the 90s when Hamilton and Montreal were both good. Those playoff games that they played were epic. And they were yeah. all out wars. And I'm looking so forward to that this year. Okay, because that could be an all out war. And it'll be exciting football. But yeah, you know what? I think Hamilton and, and Montreal are pretty close. Um, and of course, if either one of them loses their quarterback, they're done. Okay, you could say that for any team heading into the playoffs, even if you are. A lot of teams are using their second-string guys. Um, and if those guys get hurt, then they're in big trouble. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hamilton, I think Hamilton and Montreal are close. I really do. So. so 
my actual my next question, you kind of alluded to it, uh, that Hamilton and Montreal in the playoffs, uh, regardless of who the Western crossover team is, we're going to assume that crossover is going to happen, and we're going to assume that the crossover team does exactly what they normally do, which is lose. Um, who's going to win the battle? It's going to be epic. Montreal-Hamilton, battle of two backups. Who's going to win it? Who? That's a toss-up. Come on. I know I'm, I'm putting up. you on the spot right now, Will. I'm putting you on the spot. Who would win that? I'm going to say on. Montreal. Montreal. I, with the momentum they've got right now and the way that they're playing football, I would absolutely have to agree with you. I agree with Will as well, and, and I think it's going to come down sure. to Montreal's de- defense, in particular their secondary, that's going to give uh, Dane Evans some, some problems. The uh, Montreal front six or seven is not going to be able to put a lot of pressure on Dane, Dane Evans because they haven't shown they put, to put pressure on many teams at all uh, up front. But uh, I believe they're going to be able to uh, show him some different looks, and that secondary is going to take the ball away in that Eastern final few times Montreal's secondary is absolutely killer most of them used to be be Calgary's defensive backfield Tommy Campbell, Seante Evans Uh, yeah so I mean yeah it's, it's, it's gonna be interesting it's going to be interesting. And you even you even have to think about, if you think about awards, we talked about Coach of the Year the other, last, the other day, and we think, uh, you know, Kari Jones, Jones, hands down. And you know what? Right now, the way it's going, you got to think about Vernon Adams for MOP, too. Because I do believe... You should see them hitting the fan in the group right now about saying, how can you even contemplate when he's just been suspended a game. Yeah, but they're just butt hurt because of Andrew Harris, and he's not going to win the MOP regardless if he's the best. Totally regardless if situations. he's the best player in the CFL, of course it's horribly different. Andrew Harris cheated. Vernon yeah. Adams got wrapped up in emotion for 15 yeah. seconds. Oh, for two and, and a half. And yeah, whatever. And Vernon Adams is. Man, he's he's impressed me. He's impressed me. But like I said last week, if he has an impressive season, expect his ego to get out of control again. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. You don't change a, you don't change the leopard spots, okay? Yeah. Okay. Phil. Hamilton, Montreal. Who's going to win? I, I was, I covered it already. Um, no, you didn't. I, you I covered think, the play. Uh, you, you, you did the discussion. You're all about Hamilton are the best in the East and you whatever else. But in a playoff game, but Hamilton and Montreal right now, the way the two teams are playing, who would win? I'm picking Montreal because of that secondary, and because of a veteran. Uh, like with John Bowman and, 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 a, and a veteran group up front, I think they're going to uh, finally give Dane Evans some looks that are going to give him some trouble. 
and he's going to throw a couple of picks in the uh, Eastern final. And I'm picking the Montreal Alouettes. Charles. On the spot, you've had some time to think. Yep. Did you use uh, it wisely? I still think Hamilton. I'm sorry. I think their defense is just too good. And defense wins championships. Orlando Steinauer is a wizard. He is. And I think they're due for an appearance in the Grey Cup, so I'm going with Hamilton. Like Winnipeg, this is their glorious season they've been waiting so long for. I'm not so sure it's the case with Winnipeg. I still see some deficiencies in that team. I agree with I, I you there. I don't think they're the best team in the West. I still think it might be Calgary, ultimately. Yeah. Okay. Enough of this. James Franklin is back in the saddle. He is the starter for the Toronto Argonauts. On what planet does this make sense? Charles, pick a planet. Which one does this make uh, sense on? I'll go with Melmac because that's the one where Elf was from. I don't see it on any planet. I know McLeod Bethel Thompson did not have a great start to the game last week, but if you look at the body of evidence over the last three to four weeks, the guy's been actually great. The guy's been averaging over 300 yards. I mean, he's third in the league in passing. I know. Um how do you pull that guy? This just seems like they're they're looking for a scapegoat, and they're blaming on McLeod. He's been the least of their problems. Their defense can't stop anybody. You do know why what this decision's based on, right? Probably showcase. Maybe they're showcasing them, trying to make them look good. So they can no, it, it, it's no. Corey Chablin. He's the coach. Oh, well, yeah, okay. You know, this, there's your answer there. Make a decision to save his life. Man's a useless coach. He's just putting in uh, Franklin because Darian Durant isn't available to him. Oh, God. Darian is available. He keeps begging well, to come back. Well, let him come back. Let's see how well that goes. Yeah, he was never good. Then he's not any better now. Okay, um, William, James Franklin versus the law office. Well, what? Who is the OC in Toronto? I don't know. Is that me? Remember, where's Chapdelaine? Chapdelaine. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah, he's in Toronto. Yeah, it's Chapeline. He's in Toronto. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, Corey Chamberlain's a defensive coach. He knows nothing about offense. Sorry. Um, I, 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 yeah, you know what? When they pulled Bethel Thomas the other day, he only had 89 yards. But in reality, I'm sorry, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with Phil here. To be honest with you, I think Calgary has the best best defensive backfield in the CFL. And he only had 89 yards, but you're going up against one of the best defenses in the CFL. And uh, 
what do you expect? And you think you think James Franklin is going to do any better? Like, come on, he hasn't showed anything. He has showed nothing. How do you think he's going to do well? Do you think do you think he's got to practice more so he's going to get better? He's had like six years to practice, and he was going to be the next one, and he's not the next one. And it's just, you know what? And I'll, and I'll go back to, I'll take Calgary once again. Okay, when Bo Levi was the third-string quarterback in Calgary, all you ever heard about was Bo Levi is eventually going to take this team over. He's going to take this team over. And eventually they, they, they traded Henry Burris, made Drew take the starter, but they still said that Bo Levi was going to eventually be the starter. And he was eventually the starter, and the rest is history. And I, people used to talk about James Franklin. I was one of them who said they got to decide between Mike Riley and James Franklin. And they, they, I guess they picked well because James Franklin has done shit. Okay? I, I, I don't even know if anybody would consider him a starter anymore except for Toronto. So, there, I got a pretty powerful opinion on that, just so you know. I think he's not a good quarterback. Sorry. Nobody said that he was going to take over for Mike Riley. Nobody. We always we always heard that he's the backup in Edmonton and he was going because he's a great backup. He's going to be a starter in the CFL. Okay? Right, but nobody well, nobody we, ever said that he was going to take over from Mike Riley. Like as I you did. said, oh Levi I said did. that he is going to take I over did. from Henry Burst. No. Yeah, but you you were saying that Mike Riley was going to get traded to Toronto, but you were saying that shit just to piss off Ronda. Who me? I would never say something like that. <laughs> what you would never think that way? Well, not now because she's not on the podcast anymore. But I would never try then. and piss her off like that. I I thoroughly believe that eventually, because I heard it from all over the place. James Franklin, James Franklin, James Franklin, and he's done nothing. People get too wrapped up for, on quarterbacks that come in and have big, uh, big uh, stints off the bench. Bomber fans are the worst. Their backup quarterback is always better than their starter. Doesn't matter who it is. It's been that way for a decade or more, probably two decades. Christopher, Christopher, when you haven't won a great cup in twenty-eight years, you think the water boy is the best backup? Okay. Yeah. Depends if it's Adam Sandler's water boy. He was a good player. Oh, God. I still remember the the Western final when BC beat the Bombers. And uh, Jared was trying to bet me his house that the Bombers were going to win. And I said, I don't want a house in Winnipeg. (laughs) And BC won it on the last play of the game. And I broke my hand. How? I gotta ask. How how did I break a hand? How did you break your hand? Well, have you been up into uh, uh Club Orange? Sure, I've been there with you. Yes, you have. So I was standing there and I jumped up in the air with both hands straight up into a concrete beam. 
Okay, well, that's one way of doing it. <laughs> I punched a piece of concrete. Oh, I was just so excited. I just jumped straight up in the air, and my hands up in the air. We, we touchdown, field goal. Yeah, we – oh, broke my hand. Was not, you did, not, you not didn't fun. have video. You don't have video of that, eh? We could put it on, no, I don't, on, no, on the no, internet, was, and it would go viral. No, no, no. I don't have a video of that that we can sell for two pounds. You don't know what that no, – nobody out there but Will knows what that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, two pounds. Moving on from James Franklin. That, anybody got anything else to add? Did, there, did everybody get to speak on James Franklin and, and why this is stupid? Yeah. I didn't really get in on it. I was going to say, did Phil go? I don't think he did. Phil, yeah, go ahead. I didn't really get in on it. Come on, you've got to talk bad about Clyde Chamblin. Come on, come on. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. This is typical Corey Chamblin. Uh, Unless he's got a definitive starter, he doesn't know how to handle his quarterbacks. He showed that after Darian Durant went down in Saskatchewan. And uh, nobody has a bigger ego than him, so he likes to shift around. Hey, what gives gives you a bigger ego or, or demonstrates your ego more? being able to choose who's going to start a quarterback. I thought it was a huge mistake to pull McLeod Bethel-Thompson that last game. Like Will pointed out, he's playing against a pretty good defense. And uh, however, as for James Franklin, I've actually been a big supporter of his and a big fan of his. And uh, I think other than a bad agent after that trade to Toronto where he uh, ended up signing an extension with Toronto, um, I believe if he had a good agent that was worried about the career of James Franklin rather than the paycheck right now, that James Franklin would currently be the starting quarterback with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and be back with Stephen McAdoo, which is what he needs to, uh, to excel. Uh, that's all I got to say. You honestly think he would have gone over to Saskatchewan, eh? He was headed there, and that's why the Eskimos traded him to Toronto. He, he wouldn't sign an extension. The Eskimos uh, uh, asked again and again to, to extend him, and, uh, and his, uh, his agent even suggested that he should at one point, but James Franklin, Franklin was looking towards the starting quarterback job in Saskatchewan, get back to with his head coach and offensive coordinator, and uh, I think that's what – put his career off track was Ed Hervey trading him to the Toronto Argonauts. Will he ever recover? Probably not. And he's not McLeod Bethel Thompson should be the starter going forward. Yeah. Nobody's going to argue that one. Segment nine. Are the BC Lions finally getting the new defensive system that they deserve? that they should have got at the beginning of this. What is this story and why I have, this is totally new to me. Um, I'm going to let Charles take it away and talk about this first, because I think that this has to do with uh, uh, Claybrook's finally taken over for, from Stubler. Am I right here? Go ahead, Charles. It's not so much Claiborne taking over from Stubler. It's just basically 
uh, kind of the defensive philosophies of Devon Claybrooks and basically the system they've been trying to install right from the beginning of the season. Now, um, it's obviously taken a lot of time uh, because the defense was having a lot of problems early in the season trying to run this defense. But obviously in the last three, four games, their defense has tightened up considerably. And it looks like the system that they've been trying to put in and install the entire year is finally, the guys are finally getting into it and basically are getting more confidence because they're actually starting to play uh, some good defensive football. The Lions have kept the opposition under 240 yards passing in four games in a row. So that, uh, not just the two Ottawa games, but the two previous, which were against Montreal and I believe Winnipeg, so that was not happening early. They were they were giving up 300-yard games routinely early in the season, but uh, it's taken some time uh, because it is uh, quite a different um, um, scheme than what they were playing last year under Wally Buono. Uh, it's uh, has you know increased conditioning and so on uh because it is a very aggressive style defense so basically that's what the article is talking about and if you've watched the lions in the past few games you can see very much uh that their defense has been more aggressive they've been getting more um um more pressure up front on the quarterbacks and basically they're finally all buying in and working with the system that uh, they've had from the start. So basically that's what it was about, and it makes some sense because if you look into it, they have really stepped up uh, in the last four or five weeks. And it, I don't think it's any uh, coincidence either that the defensive uh, upswing for the BC Lions coincided with the return of Sean Lemon in particular. And if nothing else, that has rejuvenated Odell Willis. And I think I've mentioned that a few times this year. And I don't want to also underestimate the return of David Menard, who has also been a positive um, return for the Lions. I think the pieces are just falling together at the right time. Yes. And uh, the question is, is it too late? It might be, but it's at least encouraging going forward towards next year providing that we see the same coaching staff back trying to uh, keep instilling it. And, we don't, of course, we don't know personnel on field-wise who will be coming back next year either. Okay. Phil, what's your thoughts on the Lions and their defense right now? I'm starting to like mm-hmm. your left coast defense more and more. I'm starting to see some great things out of personnel. And you're right. Charles, uh, I think this is becoming more of a uh, Chris Jones-style defense. And I'm loving the the play of cornerback Gary Peters. I think he's one of the best corners in the league right now. I think it was a great move to uh, bring in Cresson Butler, uh, sort of stabilizes that other corner position. And, uh, you know, the rest of that secondary, Grimes, Dozier, and Lee, they've played very, very well. the uh, the linebackers are are somewhat inexperienced, and Will pointed that out earlier tonight. But uh, the defensive line uh, with Odell Willis actually playing at at tackle that's uh, 
that's sort of a Chris Jones style, uh, high pressure, uh, physical, uh, you know, with, with Jonathan Newsom and, and Lemon on the, on the ends, it, it allows them to do some stuff that, uh, it make, makes them a faster front, front end, especially with Menard playing the way he's played. It's allowed them to, uh, allowed the defensive ends and Odell Willis to, uh, sometimes back into coverage and, uh, get some different looks they're not as uh you know those first few weeks that they were fairly vanilla on on defense uh but now we're starting to see some different looks out of the lions and it's way more interesting and there's a future there yeah i I, i'm looking into 2020 and i think the bc lions defense is going to be very solid coming into next year i don't i don't know what the free agency uh, situation is but uh, if they could carry a good group, a good portion of this group into 2020, uh, things look bright for the Lions on defense going forward. Okay, William. You know what? I think I think the coaching staff is starting to gel. Okay, I think they start they're starting to realize that there's a lot more to this coaching stuff than they thought because they're all rookies, with the exception of Stubler. Um. Yeah, yeah, they're playing better right now, but is that because of who they've played? They do look better. They do look better as a football team. I'll give them that. Um, is this going to carry on into next year? Well, it could. I mean, everybody will have another year under their belts, but I... I tend to wonder next year if the BC Lions don't come out in a blaze of fire, is they're going to be heads to roll quickly because people will not stand pat for two years in a row. But they did. Mind you, I shouldn't say that because they did it in Winnipeg for fuck five. Okay. They're a terrible team for a number of seasons with Mike O'Shea as the new head coach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there's an upside to BC. Let's see how they do. I mean, the Montreal game, one of the reasons I picked BC is because let's see if BC has got it because BC, BC's back is against the wall. They have to win every single game in order to even have a chance. And if Edmonton wins twice, they're done. Correct. And if, if Edmonton can't win two games out of the last six, well, they don't deserve to be the playoffs at that point. No, not at all. So could BC could BC do it? Sure they could. Do I have my doubts? Absolutely I have my doubts. But that's why they play the games, guys. Let's see if let's see if BC is all in. And if the coaching staff has got them all in. So, yeah, that's the big kicker. That's the big kicker. Yep. Okay. Well, I was just sitting here trying to figure out what we were going to do to uh, wrap up the last few minutes of this podcast, and uh, Log Talk Bitches told me it's a minute and a half left in it, so that's, uh, that is the show. We can't go anywhere else, guys. It's it's over. It's over. Episode 399 is over. The first 400 episodes? 399 episodes? Yeah, they're over. Ha! So this has been Let's Talk CFL Posca. She always talks when I'm talking. Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 399. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to go around the table and say goodnight. And we're going to start with Charles. How you doing? 
Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this weekend's games, and we'll talk to you on Sunday night. Wow, that was quick. Phil. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the games this weekend. It just gets more and more exciting from here on in. Okay, Phil, I have a request for you. If Mark does something really stupid at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, don't respond to him, okay? I don't understand. I'm just putting that out there. Well, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Watch the games this weekend. And the big question of the CFL this week is, can the Montreal Alouettes function without a badge? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>